time for another digital side hug, and it's only been seven months. I'm so excited. We got the 30 Ideas panel here together. So, guys, say hello. 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 We've assembled the team. Now, the one thing we forgot today, we didn't ring a bell. So, David uh, David Knox, um, middle school youth minister, uh, tell us what what's the what's the deal? With, what are we going to do without instead of the bell? any research? I downloaded the first sound effects app I could find. And so we'll just use different sound effects okay. to signify the end. So, of each so a different sound effect each time, or you may settle into one. We, we may, we'll see what happens. We haven't tested many of these. So, nope. Do this you think is we're more concerned about this than your listeners. Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, some of us are not concerned about it at all, <laughs> but, but some of us are, namely me. Um, I also have a stop. I'm showing the stopwatch to the microphone. I have a stopwatch, an actual AccuSplit uh, AX Pro uh, AX740. That's going to help us keep our splits. So I'll get it started. We're going to do 30 ideas in 30 minutes. Uh, David Skidmore, tell us, uh, give us the, the, a summary statement for these 30 ideas. What are we about to do? We're going to look at 30 things that parents need to hear come out of the youth minister's mouth. Okay, so the assumption, of course, is that if you're listening to this podcast, you are a, a youth pastor that you work with teenagers in some capacity, and maybe that's in a congregational setting. As, as You could as, be a parent who's listening to this, waiting to hear these things come out. Absolutely, you could be. In fact, it may, perhaps you're a youth minister, and one of the things parents need to hear you say is, um, hey, there's a podcast called 30 Ideas in 30 Minutes. Oh, it's called the Digital Side Hub. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm just but talking the, about the subtitle of the, of the, 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 the yeah. You okay. could be the president of a local Kiwanis club and didn't have a speaker and played this for your club. <laughs> and, and then... <laughs> Each of these ideas is hopefully going to be a blessing. And we'll start it. Is shut up one of those things because I want to I want to say it. To your to parents? Several, to, no, not to parents. Well, that's to, but that's what we're se- doing. To several of us right now. No, but that's not the podcast. Okay. It's 30 ideas for things you should be saying that parents in your ministry or the parents of the students in your sphere of influence should be hearing you say as you try to partner with them in the process of helping your students become the disciples that God created them to be. So... Uh, we're going to get started, and I'm going to hit go. I'm going to stop the music, and we'll go with number one. Who's going first? We're going to go around the table. Who's going first? I'll start. All right, David Knox is going first, and on your marks, get set. Hold on. Go. Um, since I'm the only one in here who ha- does not have children, I think one of the things that's important for me to say to most of our parents is I can't imagine what it's like to be a parent right now, or I, I can truly admit I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes Um, and just reminding them that I'm not an expert I'm not a parent Um, approaching those conversations with that humility where they don't interpret what I'm saying as I'm an expert on kids when I don't have kids I I think there's a a humility aspect we all need to have and I think you guys would say even even as a parent absolutely approaching those conversations with humility is important David and I both have juniors in high school they are teenagers, so I can't exactly say I don't know what it's like to have a teenager, but I don't know what it's like to have your teenager. Right. I, I only know what it's like to have mine. And every teen is different, which... which. But it's also important, David, you have watched lots of teenagers over the years, so you have a wide uh, range of experience from which to speak, but not as a parent. That's right. Oh, good good beep. All Another right, idea just arrived. Yeah, we're on to the next one. All right, Skid? Um, I would ask the question. <laughs> you did the uh, doorbell idea. That was good. Who are your kids? Uh, who are your kids' friends? Um, in other words, when a parent is uh, uh, sharing a struggle that their teen is having, 
one of the first questions I would ask is tell me about your kids' friends. Who are the five or six yeah. people they're spending the most time with? Because one of the things that we tell our students all the time is you are who you hang around. And so if a student's grades are going bad or they're, they're uh, strange shifts in behavior or they're losing interest in activities they once thought was, was cool, then I would say to a parent, uh, you need to find out who their friends are. And not just what are their names or what school do they go to, but but who what what what's going on in their lives? Who are they on the inside as well? Is that, that I'm assuming that's what you mean by who are your teen's friends. Yeah, and get to know them. Know them, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, um, Todd, you're up next. Well, okay. All right, so I'll say I like the one. I like make your kid go to things. And I know that sounds really harsh, but be the parent. Just the idea that if, you're, if your teen never gives the youth group a chance, then he never has that experience. And I've had too many teens over the years say or parents say, well, my child hasn't pl- plugged into the youth group, and yet they've never actually made their teen attend anything. Right. So yeah. it's a, you know, it's a catch-22. And of course, it's harder for a parent of a senior in high school to make right, their, their son go to youth group. But but for sixth or seventh graders, a sure. parent can say, "No, we're going to church," and and there is a connection between and just you, showing up. And don't you love the phrase? Uh, yeah, I'm not really going because I don't know anybody that's going. I don't have any yeah. friends going. I always tell students, your youth group experience this year is in part going to re- depend on your ability to not ask the question, who else is going? And just show up and see what God does. Relationship matters. <laughs> That's good. All right. I'm gonna, tagging off of that one, I'm going to say this. Your parents need to hear you say, remember, this is our mission. So probably every person listening to this podcast who is working with teenagers for the purpose of spiritual development, you have a point for your ministry. You are trying to accomplish a task. For me in congregational youth ministry, that task is to produce a lifelong disciple. And so for a, for a parent who says, well, little Johnny doesn't want to come to youth group, so I'm not going to make him come, I say, that's fine. You don't have to make little Johnny come. But the point of youth group is not so little Johnny will be happy at youth group or so that he will be in his comfort zone at youth group. Uh, the, the point of youth ministry is different. So do the parents in my youth ministry know what the mission of the OCYG is? Uh, well, if they don't, then it's, that's, that's on only my fault because I'm the one who has to say that to You them. should be over-communicating that. All right. They not- um, my next thing would be, uh, occasionally your parents need to hear, um, in an email, David Knox is out of the office and will not respond okay. until whatever date. Um, they need to know that there are boundaries and that I'm taking a vacation with my family or um, our lives exist outside of church. I just yeah. think that they need to be reminded of that sometimes. I think sometimes people can think we're a little more available than we are, and so Creating healthy boundaries is very, very important. Yeah, some of us are more available than we need to be yeah. at times. And I know, you know, maybe this is a little more difficult for a single youth minister. Um, or a younger. When, youth or, or younger, yeah, before kids if you're married. But, you know, it's boundaries are important at the start of your ministry, and, and they're always important as you go through your ministry. What right. is that? 
I what am. Was, uh, what was that? It said slurp. Slurp. <laughs> Any anytime you read the word slurp, don't push play. Yeah. I'm sorry. I would encourage you. All right, uh, mine would be uh, rules without relationship equals rebellion. A lot of parents will have guidelines and rules, but then no relationship, and almost always that's going to cause the teen uh, to to engage in some kind of behavior. Um, that is probably going to challenge their authority or that is going to be negative. And so I tell, uh, I tell parents that if you have established rules and you value those over your relationship, it's always going to uh, end up in rebellion. I don't know where we're on time or if anybody else has anything else well, I think else that communicates that. in your ministry too. I mean. No, you've got 10 more seconds. 10 more seconds. I was, I was writing something else on the board, so that's the reason I left the, the uh, podcast for a moment. Anything else you want to say? Well, that was a little early, but that's okay. And Todd, go. Okay, I would say uh, one that I'm invested in, literally, is don't let money stand in the way. You know, we have a youth budget for a reason. We have people at church that can help. I would rather have your team than your money, honestly. I, you know, when we have an event, if it means that our budget takes a hit, so be it. Uh, relationships important. You know, Todd, one of the ways that we do that sometimes is I will tell a parent, you know, hey, if uh, Billy wants to go, I've got a spot that is already paid for that, that yeah. somebody can't use. If they want to claim it, I don't want to see that go to waste. Right. And, that, and that gives them a little bit of dignity without having to say, you know, do we well, need to scholarship you or can you not afford it? Um, I just I have people that give money and I'm able to say, hey, we've got a spot that's already right. been paid for. Um, and that helps people. Sometimes. I communicate about four times a year that if I never see a check, that it's okay. And that's just the way we do things at my church. Does that go for every single event? Or yeah, pretty much every Okay, because some, I, you know, not every event is the same. Some right. events, some obviously, you want every person there and aren't too expensive. Okay, mine right. would be oh, this. now the sound effects are matching the idea. Do your, that's going to be oh, a real challenge. I like that. I think your parents need to hear Smart. you say, good question, or I don't know. This is sort of like what Dinox was saying with his very first idea that's rooted in humility. You know, obviously our churches pay us for a reason, and perhaps we are the, the experts in youth ministry at our congregations, but it's okay for you to not know the answer. And do parents ever hear you say, but that's a good one, I don't know. I, you, know you found one that stumped us, let's figure it out together. Or to, or perhaps to say, um, you know, if, if the... If the idea is, it, maybe it's not I don't know, but it is, that's a question so valuable that I'm not sure I want to find an answer right now. Let's let let's stew on that question for a while. Uh, that one also requires humility, and I don't know if anybody has any other thoughts. Five seconds. I don't know. Say I don't know a little Does bit. not compute. Go. Um, <laughs> I would say to remind the families that everyone's experience with this blank youth group it is going to look different than every other family's experience. To remind people that um, you can't compare yourself to this family's involvement or this family's level of involvement, uh, that there's not a, a pattern or a formula necessarily in place for how it's supposed to look. That we're, at least with our ministry, we talk about we're partnering with our parents and coming alongside families and developing their, their students. It's not, um, we exist for the family, not the family's existing for us. And so helping them understand, you know what, don't get frustrated if your child's connection to the youth group or your family's ability to be involved with our youth group doesn't look like everybody else's family. Or they may connect in the big group setting. They may connect better in a huddle group setting exactly. or life group. Right. They may connect better in a discipleship group setting or in a class setting. There's going to be an environment where your kid will connect.
Absolutely. Uh, okay. I um, One of the things that I think a, a parent needs to hear come out of a youth minister's mouth is, hey, I saw your kid doing something right for example, on the mission trip or on the retreat, yeah, yeah, I just want you good. to know that your kid led a group, or your kid led worship, or your you know your student said a prayer, or they welcomed the seventh grader. Anytime you catch them doing something right, you need to let the whole world know they've been caught, um, because teens are so used to getting reported for for behavior that's wrong. You know, they were talking during class or passing notes during class. But I think that um, it's really good when you can tell a parent they love to hear good things about their kids. And often they'll be like, you know, well, goodness, I've, I've never seen that at home, or why don't I see that? We see the, the kids at their best. And we That's need to a let great them point. I've had so many conversations where parents are so shocked when you tell them yeah. that. And yeah. it's so, getting to see that look in their eyes is very, very, very special. That's 10 ideas in the books. All right, Todd, 11. So, when's the last time you actually talked to your kid? I like the one to talk about sex. I don't think it's oh, just yeah. sex, but I think it's alcohol. I think it's yeah. all the tough issues that produce shame that can be things that cause someone to have shame. My Number seven, my, my family never talked with me about that, yeah. and it really led to some issues down the road. Well, I went to a youth group. I was asked to speak at a at a guys retreat one time, and I wasn't asked to give a survey, but I took the advantage of doing that. I gave a survey. I asked the forty five students there, you know, in a in a in a confidential way. I said, you know, five or six. Oh, am I out of time? No, I've got a few more seconds. I asked them, how often do you talk about sex in your home? And then I asked a follow up question, which was, what prompts a sex conversation? And almost every guy there without exception actually without exception there was never a conversation that started unless they had gotten caught doing right, something right, that right. was the only thing yeah oh is this mine yeah uh, yeah i'm gonna say i'm sorry let your parents hear you say i'm sorry i may be the only one in this room that's ever made a mistake in youth ministry professionally mm -hmm. um and, and but probably not. And I may be the only one here that's made some big mistakes professionally, but probably not. And if you're listening to this podcast, it may be that you tried something and it failed. Or, or parents were skeptical about something. You said, trust me, it's going to work. And then it didn't. You know, when you fail, your families or your teens say, I'm sorry. Don't say something like, well, things like that happen. Don't say this happens to all of us. It happens to the best of us. Well, those may be true, but it helps for a parent to hear you say, I'm sorry. So if you've blown it, say so. Earlier, I asked the question, have y'all made mistakes? I, mean, we yeah. I think it's someone Very few. named David has. Okay, time out. Self-destruct sequence activated. <laughs> um, my next one, I would say, um, keep me in the loop. Um, I, I, I feel like lots of people operate under the assumption that, oh, they're really busy and they can't come to this event or they don't, or they already know what's happening and they're not going to be able to come there or surely they know this is happening or they're just really busy and I don't even want to bother them with something. And so I, I, I like to remind my parents on a regular basis, keep me in the loop. I want to know what's going on. Even if I can't make it, I want to know that it's happened so I can say, hey, so the next time they come to class, I can say, hey, how did your play go? How did your recital go? How was the big game? It's just important to know what is happening. And have a stage of life is important, too, because you could, I mean, there are times where I'm free and people have no yeah. clue I'm free. You know, now that Brock's a seventh grader I'm, or eighth grader, I'm at a lot of the junior high events anyways. Right. Yeah, but absolutely. So it makes a big difference. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. And when parents say, I know you're busy, I, you know, I love to say, well, but yeah, but that's what I do most. And what I love to do is relationship with you. Okay, go. That was a longer sound effect than I thought. I apologize. Okay, Skid, you've lost seven seconds. I'm waiting on the sound effect. <laughs> go, like go, go. Middle school band concert. Uh, I remind parents that you are a... <laughs> A lot of violin in middle school band concerts. It's still yeah. going. That uh, I, I remind parents that you are a sycamore and not a savior. And by that, I mean you're a sycamore tree. Like in the story of Zacchaeus, your job is not to save your student. You can't control them. But your job is to create environments through your affirmations, through your conversations with them, through your prayers, through family activities, whatever you do, to lift them above the distractions of the crowd so that they can see Jesus more clearly. Uh, and so that metaphor has worked, uh, you know, for me for a long time in, in communicating to parents and other youth workers. You're a sycamore, not a savior. They will they will not be able to be a savior. Right. So that's good. All right, Todd. All right. Every student matters. I would tell my parents that your student matters. It's a part of the body. It's a part of the family. And it, your student can bring a personality that our youth group needs. You know, I don't. I, the more time you spend with somebody, the better that relationship goes. Yeah. And so I, I, get, I just like, I, I like that idea of, you know, no matter how quirky your child is, how different your child is, how popular your child is, he brings a part of, he, he's an ingredient to this potion that yeah. we're mixing in this youth group. And our youth group is accepting enough to where none of those ingredients get rejected. Right. They fit in eventually. And it can be tricky to find the balance between, you know, hey, parent, your student matters and also... You're, yours is not the only student that matters. Right. And you know, we all, every student matters. And every school matters. Yeah. Because sometimes we get school-dominated youth groups, and then the kids that don't go to that school feel excluded. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to continue with the quick, short, you know, messages that, that parents need to hear. And one of them is thanks. Uh, when, when you, uh, when a parent teaches for you, uh, when a parent drives on the retreat for you when when a parent agrees to just be a warm body in the room on sunday morning we we've got a parent at our church whose whose job every single sunday morning is to be security in the hallways at our congregation um the, you know students don't know he's security um our, our you know most of the people in our church don't, he doesn't wear a security sign he doesn't wear a, a, a uniform he's simply walking the hallways during class time and he's got his eyes open for a, a student that needs to know where to go or a student that might be in the wrong place at the wrong time or or doing the wrong thing uh, having his or her own class under a stairwell um, for, <laughs> perhaps he's there say thank you to those parents all right um i would say i would ask parents are you in a life group um and or are you involved in a Bible class on Sunday mornings? Or are you a part of any sort of program outside of your students' involvement in our youth group? I, mm -hmm. to, to me, that's just a, a way to remind the family that we're not just here to be a, a, a travel agency. We're not just here to be a babysitter for the students in our ministry. But we are wanting your family to be connected to this church. Is your family, is your student watching you grow and be discipled through yeah. a life group? Is your family able to hear about what you're learning and how you're growing and watch you serve and serve alongside you in a context that's maybe outside <laughs> of youth group stuff? I, I just think that is a very valuable... Uh, we see too many families that when their students graduate, they disappear. 
And it's because their only connection to the church was their students' involvement in the youth group. And sometimes, oh, so go ahead. Well, and I also thought when you first wrote that up there, I thought you meant are you asking the student, are you involved? Is your kid involved in a, in a life group? If they're not connecting, the parents are like, my kid's not liking it. Um, are they connected? Tell yeah. me what they're connected to. Uh, okay, mine would be the, hey, have you read or have you seen or have you heard? Because as youth leaders, we are staying in touch with pop culture, youth culture through podcasts through articles, through, um, there's a lot of articles, morality plays, websites that I subscribe to that have Libraries. several links of Books. articles. Uh, for example, I watched the CNN special Being 13 that Anderson Cooper did about the social media lives of teenagers. It was a 45-minute yeah. documentary right. that was awesome. That you and, can find online. And parents did not, had not heard of it, and so I just said, hey, sit down and watch this. Or, hey, here's a, here's a podcast on uh, cutting and self-harm. Watch this. Or here's one on eating disorders. Books, resources. We should find a way through a weekly email or a weekly text and just put a, an article. Maybe three parents will look at it. But give them stuff that we see all the time. We're not getting that stuff. And I, I guess I'm going to go with the uh, has your teen heard your story. I really like that because I think a lot of our teens have never really. And, you know, the engagement of the conversation is important to me. Just why do you have your faith? Why do we believe what we do? What what, what were things like when you were a teenager? And I know you probably don't think your team wants to hear that, but they really do need to hear that. And Deuteronomy 6, you know, this is rooted in Scripture because, you know, the, the, the most important verse in Scripture to the Hebrews would have been that Deuteronomy 6, 5. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength. And then he goes on to say, write it on your foreheads, write it on your door, you know, uh, door frames. Talk about it when you sit down and when you lie, you know, when you lie down and you stand up. And then later in that chapter, he says, there's going to come a day when your students are going to come to you and say, why do we believe? Why are we keeping this commandment? And, and in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, tell them we were slaves in Egypt, and here's what God ah, did with signs and up. wonders. I love the idea of tell, telling your story. Okay, uh, uh, I'm going to say this one, because last time I talked about saying thank you. Now I'm going to say, parents need to hear us say please. Do, do the parents in your ministry know that you believe you can't do youth ministry without them? Because if you don't say to them, Please, in some way, if you don't indicate that you need their help, I think you're gonna you're gonna send some messages you don't intend to send. So you need bus drivers, you need cooks on the retreats, but you also need parents at home to be reinforcing things that you that you're saying at youth group. Um, so you want to say please to your mothers and fathers. Uh, let them know that you need them, that they are a vital part of the mix. And and also one thing I like to remind parents is. When I ask you, Dad, to come on a retreat, it's not to be a parent. It's so that other students can see you being a man of God. And so, please, that's something parents need to hear you say. Um, I would say make sure parents hear pickup times and drop-off times. Uh, I guess that should be reversed order, drop-off times first and then pickup times. Um, the more, the better we can clearly communicate those things, the 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 better off we will be. Sometimes with middle school students that I work with, we have to be very specific about you. We do not want you here earlier than this time um, oh, because man. we're getting things ready or we're, or our adults aren't here to be in place to, to so, make it safe for your student to be here. And maybe you've got a surprise in life. I've had yeah. more than one surprise ruined from a 
teenager who got there 30 minutes early because they didn't have anything to do. Yeah. And, so. and we can't, we also, even if the times have not changed for 15 years, can't assume parents and students know when something is going to happen. And so just being on top of communication with that stuff is very, very, very important for all of us. <laughs> it didn't say that. It said what the boom. I apologize for my sound effect. Okay, go, David. That cannot be on the podcast. This is you, right? Yeah. All right. I was leaving you time to edit. You, you, and no, you've got 40 seconds. Oh. we got some time to make up. Uh, your team knows more about blank than you think. For example, uh, we're doing a series on cutting and self-harm in a couple of weeks, and the parent's like, you know, I don't know that I want my child there because they don't know anything about that. Oh, yeah. And I said, your child knows more about that than you think. Ask them what they know about it. That goes with number eight, David. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eight on, the, on our list that we made earlier was uh, if you don't tell them this, who will? If you don't talk about this, who will? They're going to get their information about sex from somewhere. It's best that it's from you, even if you're nervous talking about it, than watching an episode of Friends or listening to music. Yeah, I, I think that that would have carried over into the second one. We needed that sound effect for the for last, your last one. one. Yes. But I think Can I Refer You To is my one of my favorite ones I saw, and it wasn't mine. I'll let whoever came up with it take the rest of my time. But I like that. Just being honest with someone to say, hey, I, I need to refer you to somebody who's professional at this after a tough conversation. Which that also implies we need to be aware of who those people are in our churches or in our communities. Good point. That, uh, and aware, maybe even aware of another family who's had a similar story. You know, sometimes it's not sending to a counselor, but right. saying, right. there's a family that's been through this. Mm-hmm. Can I get you guys together? Your yes. three-week um, counseling in your youth ministry classes does not prepare no. you adequately to solve some And younger problems. youth ministers like to be the person to give advice and to solve it. And even older youth ministers like to feel like we have the experience to be able to fix this. But it's dangerous. I mean, right. it's it's it, dangerous is not even a strong enough word legally. But for trying to help somebody with something you're not qualified. Great to point that you have to know who to refer them to, whom to refer them to, in order for that to work. All right. Uh, so this is one. Um, I'll say um, you don't have to be at everything. Tell you know, parents need to know that you're okay if their student misses out. Um, of course, you want to send messages of love and support. Hey, we're here for you. I haven't seen you at church in you know three months or whatever. It, it, you know, that's going to communicate support and love. We know you're not here and we miss you. But also, what we're really after in your life and what we're really after for your family and for your teen is for, for your son to grow, or daughter to grow to become a disciple. And you don't have to come every Sunday morning to become a disciple. Another way of looking at this, we had a student one time that couldn't come on a mission trip because of football camp and felt really bad about it. And I told the student, look, we got lots of Christians on the mission trip. We, You may be the only Christian on your football team. So you go to football, and if you're being who Jesus wants you to be there, then, then it's not a problem for you to right. miss. And the parent <laughs> came back to me later and said that that was a really meaningful thing for their student to hear. Yeah, um, Parents need to hear something like here's what we talked about uh, in other words an email follow-up after a retreat or maybe you find a way to do this regularly with your curriculum and the classes that you're teaching but those messages of hey here's what we're going to talk about or here's what we talked about over the course of this weekend and tips for how to keep the conversation going i think are very important one parents they just like to know what messages are being talked about and it and it gives them some it gives them the ability to to maybe ask different questions to their students other than what did you talk about? Um, and so I, they're, they're going to want to know yeah. that. They're, 
they're going to appreciate that. Replacing, yeah. hey, what'd you talk about in class with, hey, I heard y'all talked about the story of Moses with the people and the Shema on Sunday. And occasionally you can actually send questions. Here are four questions to ask your student. Absolutely. Ask them these questions. Uh, so let's imagine you're, Five on, more. you're on a retreat. You've been on a retreat all weekend long. You've been to uh, a weekend camp or, or a week-long camp or whatever. Your kids are tired. They get on the bus. They get off the bus. They get back with their parents who are hopefully there to pick them up on time. Right? Yes. And and then they're tired. They don't want to talk. And they're like, how was the retreat? Uh, what'd you do? Uh, what'd you learn? Uh, and they stop asking. I tell parents, ask them questions, but wait at least 48 hours, in some cases 72 hours, and then things will start to spill out. And then you can begin to process with them. If you ask them when they get right in the car, they are hungry, tired, and a little irritable. Yeah, um, that's, and that's not the time to talk about a, a, a trip. But there's good things there, and they'll come out if we if we stay with it. That's just a way of saying, stay with it with your kid. Have you talked to them? Keep talking. And it adds three days to the retreat. Right. Like it just extends the experience out if you're still talking about it in your home days after it. If you out. wait two weeks, it might be too late, yeah. though. So don't do that. Uh, they need to hear this is more common than you think. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a... A common thing with everybody. We just all feel like we're on our own island, that we're the only one that experienced the, the, the problem that we're going through. And sometimes we can feel isolated, especially in a church where we tend to hide these things. And so just communicating the message to a parent that you're not necessarily the only one who's gone through this is a wise thing to communicate. And that's not just for eating disorders or sexual trauma or drug abuse or video game addictions or whatever. I, I had a parent call me two weeks ago with... My son wants to go to this church, but we want to go to to this church, you know. And he felt like they were the only ones that were dealing with this and did not were not aware of just how often and just everything a parent could be dealing with in the home is something others in our churches have dealt with too. So that's very good. Um, absolutely, you're you're. It's uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, this is me. Um, direction, not location. That's what I tell parents. I like to say. You're, I'm concerned with, with the process. So when a parent sits down with me and is anxious because their 17-year-old is not baptized into Christ yet, they've, been, they've grown up in the church their whole lives, and their grandparents and uncles and aunts and cousins and everybody's baptized, but their 17-year-old seems to be quote-unquote dragging his feet. I always say, tell me what your son, what do you see in your son? How, how you know, are you watching him grow? What direction is he heading? And then I like to talk about what I'm seeing in him and to say, no, of course, I haven't seen him be baptized yet, but I see him loving people and I see him serving the Lord. I see him putting others first. And you know what? I think he's on his way. So trying to convince parents it's more about the direction your teen is heading than where they currently are is important. Two more. We got, we got time um, for two more. I would say, to reminding our families, reminding our parents, you're the real youth minister. Absolutely. That you are the most important spiritual influence in the life of your teenager. And maybe some studies are pointing to different things that, that are creeping up there as the most important influence in the life of a child, but I don't think that replaces the most important spiritual influence in the life of your child. And yes. you are the greatest, parents are the greatest predictor of the future faith of their children and and so reminding them we get them for 40 hours a year if we're lucky um you get them for many more hours you have many more conversations many more car rides than we do like 
you find a way to be working on the spiritual development of your child. Not just us. Christian Smith, Melinda Denton, those those researchers also, Ken DeCreasy Dean, who did a follow-up study uh, to soul searching, would all say to parents, you're going to get in your student what you are. So parents, you are the number one influence on your teens. Last one. You got it, Skid? Yep. I, uh, I have parents that will yell at their kids and then come in to meet with me and mourn over what's going on with their student. And so I would ask them, you know, have you said what you just said to me to your teenager? Uh, because what yeah. you said to me was how heartbroken you are that you are losing them and that you yeah. love them. Uh, the message that the teen heard was you did something wrong and you messed up. Yeah. And I tell our students and I tell our parents, tell our students that that sin is not just about messing up. It's about missing out. And so when they mess up, instead of pointing out they've messed up, let them know what they missed out on. Let them know how heartbroken you are. And the things that parents say to us when it's neutrally, emotionally neutral and, and, and safer territory, I let them hear it, say back to them what they've said, and then say, your student needs to hear you say what you just said to me. That's awesome. And that's a great one to end on. Um, how many conversations have we had with parents where we wanted to say... Tell your student what you just told me. David, thank you for uh, Knox here. I'm saying David Knox, thank you for the the, the bell Apolo- buzzers. Apologies. I don't know if it, it was had to be cut out if there's a moment where it skips in the middle. There, we're, there's no way we're cutting this out. It is what? being recorded as is. And so the – I'm not sure he actually got the I, F-bomb out. I don't Views think and so. sound effects on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those participating in the podcast. Or their especially elders. Especially those from Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, that's awesome. So let's let's get together next week and do something similar. Uh, who knows what we'll be talking about next week, or should we do next month? You want to wait another month till we do this? Sure. Okay, well, we'll see you next time. I'm going to start the, the, the farewell music, and we can go from there. Is everybody cool with that? Uh, is everybody cool with it? Yes. Okay, so I guess we start the hugs or the high fives. Is it okay? I'm a, I'm a touchy guy. Now, listen, it's been a long time since we've done a digital side hug like this, since we've recorded. And... I've missed you, listener. I've missed you. So I'm giving you a hug, too. Right now, each one of you. Get over here. Come here. Y'all can hug the listeners if you want as well. We are. We're all hugging right now. Thank you all. Um, And we'll see you next time on the Digital Side Hug.